Hello, Christ Church and all of our friends joining us today. I'm looking forward to this new message series, Remarkable Relationships. Hey, if you're with us on Facebook, say hello to other friends in the chat. Let us know you're here. If you're on the website, we'd love to hear from you too. Send us a prayer request or a praise report. And of course, you can follow along with my outline on the website or the church app. So, how are you doing today? How have things been going? I hope and pray that you are well and find strength and encouragement for your life by sticking close to Jesus. He is the one whose life, death, and resurrection launched the movement that turned the world upside down. He's the one who said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I pray that you feel your own personal connection with Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life and through your ongoing participation in the body of Christ, Christ United Methodist Church, even online, even though our interactions are temporarily different. Remember this, we are going to get through it. God is with us. Today I'm beginning a new message series, Remarkable Relationships. The good news is this, God has created you for remarkable relationships. In fact, God wants you to have remarkable, healthy, awesome relationships. You were created a social being. We thrive when we interact and connect with others. One of the worst forms of punishment or torture is to put somebody into solitary confinement. That's why this whole COVID crisis has been so difficult for so many of us. We've been isolated in, in too many ways. You and I were created for relationships, remarkable, healthy, awesome relationships. In fact, when we interact meaningfully, and connect deeply with other human beings, we are fulfilling our God-given purpose. You were created for remarkable relationships. Yet, it has to be said, remarkable relationships are not easy or automatic. There are forces at work in the world to prevent you from having remarkable, healthy, awesome relationships. The enemy of your soul is out to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can sabotage your relationships, he can hurt you. And so, he's all about it. And today, many things in our culture work against building healthy, godly, remarkable relationships too. The broadcast media, peer pressure, entertainment, social media, and many other influences work to keep you from experiencing remarkable relationships. There are forces out there and then forces at work in here. Our own sin nature that makes it difficult to have remarkable, healthy, awesome relationships. And yet, God understands. God has done something about all that we're up against. He sent His Son Jesus into the world that we might have a fighting chance. In fact, Christ has come that we might have we might have these remarkable relationships. 
That's what God wants for you. More than just fair or average or good, God wants your relationships to be remarkable. And so Jesus came to defeat the power of the enemy and enable us to experience His forgiveness and amazing love. And Christ won that for us on the cross. And now we have power from on high so our relationships can be different. Jesus has made it possible for us to have remarkable relationships different from the dysfunctional relationships all around us. Jesus said that remarkable relationships are our number one witness in the world. In John 13, 35, he said, This is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples when they see the what? The love that you have for each other. Love is the highest aim for all of our relationships. When people see us and are not sure about our Jesus and don't know about that church that we talk about, but when they see our love for one another and them, hopefully they realize there is something wholesome and noteworthy about our lives. We certainly want to give them every reason to think and to, to feel that way. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. Love is the highest aim for all of our relationships. And yet, when it comes to relationships, God has given everyone different gifts. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 7, 7, Actually, I would prefer that all of you were as I am, but... Each one has a special gift from God. One person this gift, another one that gift. In relationships, God has given everyone different gifts. In his own life, Paul recognized the advantages of being single. He promoted them. He said, I would prefer that all of you were as I am. Many people God uses in special ways for his kingdom purposes in the world are single. This has always been a strong emphasis and awareness in the body of Christ. I think it's something that we need to recognize and acknowledge more in the midst of our present culture today too. To some, God has given the gift of singleness. Let's talk about God's purpose in singleness. Not everyone is supposed to be married. Paul was not married. Jesus was not married. John the Baptist was not married. Many people that God used in special ways through the centuries were not married. They were single adults. Paul acknowledged that some people have the gift of singleness. You know you have it if you have no desire to get married. If you are completely content to live without being married. That was Paul's gift and singleness provides many options. When you're single, you have more choices you can make because you are the only one affected. What do you do as a vocation? Where do you decide to live? How do you spend your time? What do you do in the community? And when it comes to advancing the kingdom of God, being, being single has always had its advantages. When Paul was traveling and planning new churches, it was helpful to be single because of the, the difficulties and the danger that he faced. 
He didn't have to worry about the care and well-being of a spouse and family when John and Charles Wesley first started the Methodist movement that involved circuit-riding preachers traveling from town to town on horseback. Their circuit riders were mostly single young men. Throughout the history of the Roman Catholic Church, there's been an appreciation for singleness in ministry among men and women. When I was growing up, I attended a Catholic elementary school and most of our teachers were nuns, living out their calling to singleness by teaching us. I had a lot of respect and appreciation for them then. I better have. <laughs> Even more so now, as I understood more fully what they were doing and why they were doing it. There are many options and advantages in singleness. And there is such a richness in relationships that single adults enjoy as much as anyone. In fact, the body of Christ is uniquely designed to be a place where single adults can thrive and flourish in meaningful relationships and opportunities for ministry. We were created for awesome relationships and those who are called to singleness enjoy them as fully as anyone. Paul says some are called to singleness, others are called to marriage. Let's talk about God's purpose in marriage. We read in the scripture that from the beginning God had a purpose in marriage. In the Genesis account we read Genesis 2:18, the Lord God said, "It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him." Again, we see this social aspect that we were created for relationships and God designed a special relationship between men and women a complementary relationship, one that would celebrate the uniqueness of both, but also bring them together in a shared bond. Upon seeing Eve, Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She is like me. One of God's purposes in marriage is the connection of men and women. God created us male and female with our own uniqueness, but he also had in mind to bring us together in a special relationship. In Genesis 2:24, we read, "For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and they will become one flesh." This passage is the biblical foundation of the marriage covenant. And in his teachings in the Gospels, Jesus reaffirmed this foundational understanding as well. Another of God's purposes in marriage is the multiplication of the human race. In Genesis 1:28, we read, God blessed them and said to them, "Be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth." Marriage and sex were God's ideas. He thought them up. This was God's idea of how the world would be populated. The procreation of children is a sacred privilege designed by God within the covenant commitment of marriage. That's the creator's design. A man, a woman, children, that's God's ideal. And yet, every child that is born, whatever the circumstance, 
is loved and cherished by God. And therefore, as Christ followers, we love and cherish them too. Another of God's purposes in marriage is the protection of children. When you were born, you were completely helpless. You couldn't feed yourself, clothe yourself, change your diaper, completely hopeless. You needed a safe environment to grow up in. And all kids grow better, stronger, healthier when they grow up in a stable family, in a marriage with a mom and dad. Again, that's God's ideal. And lots of studies show the benefits of this ideal for men, women, and kids. And yet, when it doesn't work out that way, God's grace still abounds. And we as the body of Christ have a high calling to be part of the protection and the nurture of kids too. And, and we've taken that seriously here at Christ Church for many years and the need is as great as ever. Another of God's purposes in marriage, the perfection of our character. God uses marriage to grow our understanding of what it means to love. When we come into this world, we're pretty self-centered. Nothing is more self-centered than a new baby. I'm hot, I'm cold, I'm wet, I'm hungry. As we grow up, God is at work trying to move us from being self-centered to being other-centered. That's Christian maturity. Learning to love God instead and others instead of just ourselves. You don't have to be married to learn this. Many people learn it well apart from marriage. Paul argued that being single allows undistracted devotion to the Lord and the pursuit of Christ-like character. But part of God's purpose in marriage is to give people a lifelong opportunity to learn and to practice what it means to love unselfishly. When I got married, I didn't really understand what I was in for when it came to really learning what love is all about. But so much of life is like that, isn't it? God knows what we need and then He makes His grace sufficient for us in the midst of the journey. Well, some people have the gift of singleness and we've talked about God's purpose in singleness and the need to reaffirm that as great as ever today. And some people experience the gift of marriage. And we've talked about God's purpose in marriage and the need to proclaim and reaffirm that today too. And yet, marriage is under attack today. It's been dismissed as an archaic holdover. Who needs to get married? It's demeaned, discouraged, ridiculed, and redefined. In his day, the writer of Hebrews 13.4 said, Marriage is to be honored by all, and husbands and wives must be faithful to each other. God will judge those who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Marriage is to be honored. It's not a human-made relationship. It's God-made, God-inspired, God-blessed. I don't think that we can attack it, 
ridicule it, or redefine it without reaping the whirlwind. Oh Lord, oh Lord God, help us, help us. I want to wrap up this message by talking about fighting for remarkable marriage relationships during the seasons of life. Even if you're not married, perhaps you can help someone who is. There are seasons of life in marriage and certain things to be doing and thinking about when we're in them if our relationships are going to be healthy, remarkable, and all that God intends. First, there is the springtime of marriage when life is busy. There are those times when couples are so busy with kids, work, and circumstances that they start skimming on the marriage relationship. We don't have time for, for fun, sex, listening to each other, or just connecting. We're like ships passing in the night. Certainly, this pandemic has compounded pressures on marriage relationships. During a season like this, you have to make time. You just have to carve it out, schedule it, find a way, date your mate. If you've lost some of that first love, repent and do what you did at first. Try to make time to play and have some fun. In the summertime of marriage, well, that's when life is easy, when things are going well. Have you ever been there? This season never lasts long for us. In fighting for your marriage during this season, you want to invest. Invest in your relationship. Create good memories. Enjoy every moment of this season. Do a tune-up. Read some books or, or watch some online videos on Right Now Media or, or other platforms to help strengthen your relationship. Be prepared that this season may not last. The fall of marriage is when life changes. Perhaps there's a job change or maybe a move or maybe a pandemic that changes everything about school and, and your schedule. Or perhaps the kids are now grown up and gone. Or perhaps there's a health issue and you're in a new stage in life. Now, how are you going to respond? This is the season to adapt. If your marriage is going to last, it will, be, it will because you learn to adapt. Kathy and I have done quite a bit of adapting over the years. We've adapted to changing circumstances at work or, or with our kids or in our relationship. There's been a lot of give and take, uh, some real difficult and strained times along the way. We have not had the perfect marriage, but we've been committed to it and we've discovered ways to make it all work. We're in a new season of adapting now. There was the new normal of the empty nest. And then COVID came. And our youngest daughter, Sarah, moved back from New York City. And we're glad she's home and that we have this special time. It's another opportunity for us to adapt and change in our relationship. The winter season of marriage is when life falls apart. 
How does a marriage survive bankruptcy, a crisis, illness, death, a major catastrophe like this pandemic, perhaps infidelity? These things can happen anytime and can be devastating to a marriage. What do you do in this season? I think of one word, cling. You cling to your faith in God. You cling to the relationship of love and trust that you've been developing with God. You cling to God's promises. I will never leave you nor forsake you, God says. I will be your comforter and strong tower. And you cling to each other. Trust that the bond of love you've developed with each other will hold during the storm. Fighting for your marriage or someone you know during any of these seasons of life is never easy. It's a battle and there will be scars, but it's worth it. Don't give up without an all-out fight. Fight for your marriage. Fight for the marriage of others. And for you that did that and things still fell apart, know that God loves you, God cares for you, that, that I love you, that we love you and care for you and, and want to come alongside and help you through the sorrow, the grief, the pain. That's the kind of God we serve and that's the kind of people He calls us to be. Remember this, you were created for relationships, remarkable relationships. That's what God wants for all of us. And God is so intentional about that. He sent Jesus to pave the way. God has a purpose in singleness. It's a high calling with unique opportunities. And singles have our highest regard, encouragement, and support. God has a purpose in marriage too. It's a high calling as well, and we honor marriage and those called to it. But whether you are married or single, the heart of the gospel reminds us this, to center your life in Jesus Christ. He is the one who came into the world to provide all the grace, forgiveness, and new life that we need. There is no one like Jesus. He's the one who told the Apostle Paul when he was struggling in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, My grace, Paul, is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Jesus lived his life so that we could know his power and sufficiency. His power is made perfect in our weakness, our shortcomings, our failures. Ironically, in both marriage and singleness, we see the insufficiency of humans and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. No one person can fully satisfy our deepest needs. That's why Jesus came, to be our sufficiency, to satisfy our deepest needs of love, forgiveness, and new life. Let's continue to look to Jesus 
for all that we need. Amen? Let's pray about that. Let's pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, Almighty God, we thank You for the rich experiences You give us in our relationships. You've created us as social beings with the deep need to interact and connect with one another and have given us different gifts. Lord, I thank You for Your purpose in singleness. I pray that You'll continue to bless and encourage all of those experiencing this gift. Give them the blessing of remarkable relationships and use them, Lord, in mighty and special ways for Your kingdom. Lord, I thank You for Your purpose in marriage as well. You thought up this relationship, created it. Lord, help us to honor marriage and pray for those who are called to this special relationship. For those going through the various seasons of married life, Lord, give them wisdom and understanding to recognize each season and adjust and adapt accordingly. Lord, You created us for remarkable relationships, yet they're not easy or automatic. We thank You for the sacrifice Jesus made on the cross and the gift of Your Holy Spirit. We know that we are loved and forgiven. We're never alone. You are always with us. Lord, may love be the aim of all of our relationships, and may Jesus continue to be the sufficiency, the sufficient one for all that we need. In His wonderful name, in the name of Jesus we pray, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hey, I hope and pray the message today spoke to you at the place of your need. God does want us to have remarkable relationships. And He sent Jesus to be the source of power and sufficiency that we need. If you have questions about the message, let me hear from you. If you'd like to visit more about new life in Jesus Christ, I would love to talk with you about that too. If you have joined us today and have prayer requests or praise reports, send them to us. We want to hear about them. Use the app, go to the website. Are you grateful for God's many blessings in your life? Your expressions of generosity are a tangible way to thank God and to impact the work of His kingdom. You can use text to give, the app, go to the website, mail in contributions. Your generosity is making a difference. Be sure to take advantage of all of our discipleship opportunities. Find all the information you need on our website, cumctulsa.com. God bless you today. Remember, God wants you to have remarkable relationships. And He sent Jesus to provide the grace, wisdom, and power we need. Look forward to these upcoming opportunities. But for now, how can Jesus help you to have remarkable, healthy, awesome relationships? Hey, Lisa. Yeah, Brittany. Guess what I did today? What did you do today? I bought coconut shampoo. Coconut shampoo? Yeah, I mean, the only problem is 
When I got home, I realized I didn't have coconuts. Did you know we have a YouTube channel? Subscribe to our channel, Christ UMC in Tulsa, to watch sermons, listen to music, and catch up on Refuel. The COVID-19 vaccination is now open for individuals over 65. To schedule your shot, you will need to sign up on the portal using a computer. If you need help signing up in the portal or don't have access to a computer, call the church office and we will get you in touch with someone who can help. This month, Parent to Parent will focus on how to create a peaceful home and why that is so important. We hope to create a non-judgmental, supportive group that can provide a place for parents to share and to learn. You can find all this information on our website, cumctulsa.com.